What's up, everyone? Let's get right into it, shall we? I've got a fun one today. We are going to be talking about how to charge more money for whatever it is that you sell. I'm going to give you a bit of an explanation as to how I came up with the idea for this episode. I was actually having a conversation with a bit of a mentor of mine, this dude named Blake LaGrange, and we were on a, a call with some other people as a group call, and he said something that really stuck out to me because it is so just aligned with everything that I believe about business, especially you know running a business, a solo business or with a small team. Um, and he was talking about how to get leverage in your business. And you hear this term leverage thrown around a lot. And the term leverage, in my opinion, basically just means how much you get out for each hour that you work, right? So people are always saying you want more leverage in your business. What that means is that for each hour you put in, you get more out in return. And there are tons of different ways that you can do it. But what he was talking about is the two biggest ways to get leverage in your business. Because obviously, if we can focus on the things that move the needle <laughs> the most, that's probably going to be the best. Like It's like the double leverage, right? It's like how to get the most leverage while getting more leverage in your business. And the two ways that he was talking about that like I'm 100% in on, and if you've taken How to Work Less, you, you know this already, um, there are two biggest ways to get leverage in your business. Number one is price. And number two is fulfillment. So price is what you charge, um, how much you charge for your time and how you present that. And then fulfillment is the actual way that you deliver on whatever your promise is. So your model, you know, your systems, your delegation, boundaries, all these things that go into the actual fulfillment of whatever it is that you sell. And I want to dig deep on fulfillment and leverage in a subsequent episode. Maybe this will be a two-parter. Um, but today, I want to talk all about the number one way to get more leverage in your business, which is charging more money for whatever it is that you sell. So that's going to be the topic for today's episode. I have a lot to cover here. Before we get into it, as always, you hear me saying this, how to work less, cohort six, early enrollment is open right now. Believe it or not, there are only three weeks until the course starts and you have until the end of the year to enroll early. So on as the new year strikes, you will no longer have access to early enrollment. We're going to open up the doors for regular enrollment. It's $1,000 more during regular enrollment. We incentivize people. This is the only incentive that we really do. Um, we incentivize people to sign up early um, so that they can plan ahead because we only teach three cohorts a year. And our sixth cohort is starting on January 8th. So if you are listening to this podcast and resonating with this stuff, do yourself a favor, go to learn.howtoworkless.com, enter your email there, and you'll be able to have access to our How to Work Less Cohort 6 early enrollment. So you're a good fit for the course if you're self-employed, solopreneur, freelancer, entrepreneur, and you're selling <clears throat> something like services, coaching, marketing, consulting. Um, we have st students who are just starting out, just have their first couple of clients all the way up to seven figures. And if you're interested in learning how to work less, scale your business without working more hours, designing systems to run your business without you, 
and get my expert mentorship, then that is a perfect fit for how to work less. Last thing you need to know, and this is really important, I talked about this last week, this is the last time I'm teaching this curriculum live. So we still will be running the course, but the way that we structure it is going to be different. The live elements are going to be more focused on addressing things in the curriculum and answering questions and Q&A. Um, but I have a really, really awesome curriculum. And I've, this is the last time I'm teaching it live. Um, we use this software called Butter, which is a live workshop software where I have all these like interactive elements. It's not like me just sitting there and reading off a PowerPoint to you. Um, we have quizzes, polls, interactive stuff, drawing on the screen. It's really fun. Um, but this is actually the last time I'm going to be doing it live. So if you are interested, honestly, there is no better time than cohort six. Okay. It's January. It's the beginning of the year. It's a new year. You can start 2024 off on the right foot and basically have accountability and guidance for the first month of your year of 2024. So strongly encourage you to check that out. Learned out how to work And let's talk about how to charge more money. So this is something that I'm extremely passionate about because I believe that it is one of the number one biggest mistakes and limiting beliefs beliefs that I see from people. At this point, you know, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of small business owners, freelancers, solopreneurs, and by and large, I think the biggest issue that they have is they do not know how to charge more, how to increase their prices. And I think it really stems back, this is just my opinion, I believe that the issue with not approaching this correctly really stems back to a fundamental miscalculation about the limitations of a small business and a one-person business and your time as the business owner. And what I mean by that is I think we're mostly all on the same page that by and large, you want to grow your business. Now, we don't want to turn it into a behemoth, right? We're not trying to build a startup. We're not trying to build a massive business to sell with hundreds of employees. We're talking about building a super profitable, lean one-person business. And the issue people run into is when they try to grow their business and scale it, there are really two main avenues that you can go down in order to make more money in your business. And the two avenues are, you can number one, scale by increasing your price. So if you just charge more money for whatever it is that you sell or improve the quality of your product to be commensurate with that value that you're creating, um, then you don't need more customers necessarily. You can just earn more money by increasing your price, right? It's very leveraged like we talk about. Alternatively, the other way that you could approach it, which is where I see 90, I don't want to say 99, many, 90 plus percent of business owners, their number one approach to growing their business is that we need more customers. So they just default to the assumption that their current pricing is correct and that the way that we're going to grow this business is we just need more customers. And I think that's a really fundamental error in the thinking behind the business and what is the actual goal. And believe it or not, the goal of business is not to have the most customers. The goal of business is to make the most money. Okay. We are running a business and the goal is profit. 
So if you want to go down this, we'll get like we'll go through the thought process of what happens here. If you want to have a lot of customers, you need to be cheap. You need to sell something that's relatively inexpensive. And the way you need to design your business is that you personally, as the owner, spend zero time fulfilling. So the only way that a business works where the goal is to scale by servicing as many customers as possible is if you, the owner, have zero involvement, zero involvement in fulfillment, which means delivering on whatever it is that you sell. You need to be able to exit fulfillment completely. And I know for a lot of people, especially creative entrepreneurs and people running service businesses, that really isn't an option because what we're trading on is not only our skill, but our expertise and our ability to solve problems and our pattern recognition. Um, So if you want this kind of business where you're selling like, I don't know, digital digital products um, or like online education or something that is not too difficult to fulfill or that you can easily... um, subcontract out and doesn't require deep levels of expertise, then maybe you can go out and scale by servicing more customers. Um, But what you're going to find is if you go with that way, sell something cheap, you do no fulfillment, you as the owner are probably going to spend most of your time trying to find more customers, right? Your schedule is going to be filled up with marketing. And these are kind of the two trade-offs between the um, cheap stuff scale with customers approach and the expensive stuff um, scale by increasing price approach is people that have a business built around scaling for many customers. You need to be marketing all the time. Marketing essentially becomes (laughs) your number one job if you want to move the needle on profit because you just want more and more and more people coming into your business so that your system can fulfill them. All right, on the other side of the coin, if you want to be expensive, which I'm making the argument that you probably should, unless you want to spend all your time marketing, um, if you want to be expensive, what you're going to do as the business owner is you're going to spend a bit more time in fulfillment because you are actually an expert. You are someone who um, has skills and unique expertise and unique experience and probably a valuable stack of skills that isn't that you're just good at only one thing. You have a variety of kind of synergistic skills and they all work together. And the beauty of this, of course, is that you get to spend less time marketing and selling. And listen, you can build a business going to either one of these extremes. The problem that I have is I see most people trying to be in the middle. So if you want to be low cost, high volume, you can do that. Just get out of fulfillment and spend your time marketing. But if you want to be expensive and spend less time marketing and have less clients and be super, super profitable and scale with price, you need to do most of the time fulfilling. Problem we run into is by and large, Every entrepreneur that I talk to, solopreneur, freelancer, et cetera, they want to be cheap (laughs) and they want to do all the fulfillment work. And that is the fundamental issue, okay? They hit a bottleneck and they hit it fast. And you can actually hit this bottleneck from two different directions. You can hit the marketing bottleneck, which is where you are too busy, right? Um, You max out on fulfillment. And as a result, you stop marketing completely. 
or you're just not putting in the amount of time necessary to market. So you stop finding customers and eventually you run out and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, how do I get any more customers? I don't know how to do this, right? And that's a function of the requirement because you're keeping your prices low of always needing to bring in a ton of new business in order to keep the lights on. Other side of the coin is the fulfillment bottleneck, okay? This is where maybe customers are coming in through referrals, but you have a relatively low price and you get maxed out to the point where you can't actually service any more customers even though they want to come in. And same idea there, what you should be doing is thinking about increasing price. So the argument I'm making here after explaining all this stuff is that if you have a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, service person, um, you should be scaling your business by increasing your price. The, it is not an efficient way to scale your business by servicing more customers, especially early on. It is much, much more valuable to scale by increasing price. All right, so that's the premise for this entire conversation. So we identified the number one biggest way to get leverage in your business is to increase your price. The mistake that people are making is they try to scale by servicing more customers instead of trying to scale by increasing the price and the value that they provide to their current customers. All right, so they can spend less time marketing, more time creating results. You may be asking yourself as you're sitting here, Am I charging enough? You know, Rich is talking a lot about increasing price, but maybe I am already charging enough. Here's my litmus test for whether you are charging enough for the service, product, whatever that you currently provide. This is my test, my back of the envelope math that I like to ask people. And it's pretty simple. Ask yourself, Am I losing projects to my ideal client? Okay, now this is really, really important caveat. This, you need to have an ideal client. And if you're losing prices to people who can never afford you or who aren't your ideal client, that tells you nothing about the actual value of what it is that you're providing. And the way this works is if you do not lose projects to your ideal client, strictly because you're too expensive, your prices are not high enough. So I want you to go back and think about some of your last interactions and your last projects with your ideal clients. I don't care about people that aren't a good fit, right? Or we're never going to say yes because they don't have the budget. If they didn't have the money to afford you, they're not your ideal client, right? We can't use that as an example. These need to be people that can afford you that are a perfect fit. And you got to ask yourself, Am I at least a third of the time losing on a project because I'm too expensive only because of price? All right, that's my litmus test. So if you hear yes, 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 from your ideal clients, your prices are too low, straight off the bat, okay? What I wanna be hearing, and I continue to raise my prices, is a no strictly based on, I'm sorry, you're just too expensive for maybe one out of three projects. So win two, lose one, okay? You could even go as low, like you could take this even more extreme and you could raise it up to the point where winning one project and losing two on price is acceptable as well, okay? So ask yourself that question first, where am I? And 
if you are losing projects to the wrong clients, that's not helpful information. We want to lose projects to the right clients. And if you are getting yeses, it means you need to charge more. So I hope I've convinced you that the most productive thing that you can be doing right now in your business, if you want to move the needle and make more profit, is to charge more. Okay, there is nothing better because the beauty of it is you can sell whatever it is that you're currently providing, do the same amount of work, and make more money if you are just brave enough to increase your prices for what you are really worth, all right? And if you are getting no's from your ideal clients on price, then you have a problem of you are not creating enough value for them. So you are actually not, whatever you offer is not creating value commensurate with the price or which is more often the situation. You actually are creating a value, but you're not articulating it in a way where your clients understand it. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to communicate value because two things need to happen, right? We as business owners need to create it, create value and communicate it in order to charge higher prices. Most people are pretty good at creating value, um, better than you think you are. Most people are very bad at communicating value, explaining the value that you create for your clients. So I want to dig in now and kind of just go through some of the biggest red flags and issues that I see when it comes to issues of charging more money. And what I'm going to come back to and what I'm going to encourage you over and over and over again is just to understand that the strategy is to continue to increase prices and increase value. You will always hit the bottleneck of your time as the business owner. And the best way to battle against that bottleneck as you want to continue to grow your business is to scale by increasing hours. Okay. Unless you are 100% removed from fulfillment, the strategy is not to get more clients. It's to get better clients that you can charge more to and that you can work with for a longer period of time. That's the strategy. If you take nothing from this, just remember you are not charging enough, period. Okay. And if you maybe are charging enough, you're not creating enough value. And we'll talk about that too. All right. So here's some things to think about as I break this down. Big, big mistake that I see across the board with small businesses, especially services. This is how most people tend to start out by default, um, but it really reveals a fundamental misunderstanding about what we are doing as business owners. And it is, you hear it all the time, it is that dreaded selling time for money. And there are so many reasons why if you can just do one thing right now, it is to stop selling your time. There is no benefit to selling time for money, period. Let me repeat that. There is no benefit to selling time for money. I You may find that shocking, but the longer that I've been doing this and the more I've talked with other businesses, I believe 100% that there is no benefit to selling time for money. Okay. You might say, oh, well, it's the most fair for, you know, the client and for me, because if we don't know what the scope is going to be, then it's just more fair if I just only charge for the hours that I work and blah, blah, blah. Listen, trust me, that's not it. Let me explain why. Number one, no one wins with hourly billing. The biggest issue why hourly billing doesn't make sense for both the client and for you comes to the fundamental paradox that I'm going to share with you. 
No one wins with hourly billing. Your clients want whatever it is that you do done fast. Okay, that's one of the biggest things is speed. If you've read $100 million offers, we talk about the value equation. Okay, a big one on there is speed. How fast is this done? Your clients want work done fast. Okay, you want to make the maximum amount of money possible by creating as much value as possible. When you charge by the hour, how do we make more money? We bill more hours, okay? When we bill more hours, what happens to how long it takes to do a project? Yeah, shocking. It's not fast, right? Fundamental issue with hourly billing right off the bat is your clients work want work done fast. You want to make more money. Making more money when you charge by the hour means more hours. More hours equals slower. Fundamental disconnect, okay? What else? Charging by the hour, it punishes you for being good at your job. As we get better and we have more skills and we have more expertise, we get really good at solving problems super, super fast. I'm at the point now where I can look at someone's business and be like, boom, that's your problem in 10 seconds. Okay, do I bill for 10 seconds? Of course not, right? We bill for the value that we create and the insights that we provide. Over time, if you are... (laughs) not a a lump on a log. You are going to get better at whatever it is that you do. And as a result, you're going to solve problems faster. And believe it or not, when you solve problems faster with hourly billing, you make less money. Not a good way to run your business, right? We want to be making more money for getting better. What else? Hours worked has nothing to do with the value that you create. And if I can recommend one book to you on this topic, I would strongly recommend checking out, I recommend this all the time. It's a great book. It's called Implementing Value Pricing. It's by a dude named Ron Baker. It's kind of a difficult read. It's not difficult. It's just long. It's 300 pages and kind of dense. But you need to understand this stuff if you want to scale by increasing price. And here's what I mean when I say hours worked has nothing to do with value created. Give you an example. If I could pick up my phone right now and get on the phone and call up a new client for your business, whatever it is, and you know, I say whatever it is that I say to them, you know, we chat for 15 minutes, and the end result of that phone call is I get you a new client that is going to be worth a million dollars to your business. Should I send you an invoice for the 15-minute phone call? No. The value is much greater. What you need to understand is that your clients, your customers, the people that buy things from you, they want outcomes. They don't want hours. Okay, Hours are just a shorthand for us not being able to accurately measure value, and they do a terrible job. All right? So... I'm just going to leave it there. I have a bunch of more things to say about hourly billing, but I just realized if I keep going, this this entire episode is going to be about hourly billing. Um, But what you need to know is that hourly billing is not it. Selling time punishes you for being good at your job, and it doesn't work. So if you want to raise your prices, fundamentally, we need to start with the understanding that hourly billing does not make sense and is always going to limit the amount that you can charge. Like hourly billing sets an artificial cap 
on everything that you do in your business unless you lie about how many hours you bill, right? The only way to get around the fact that you can only work for 40 or 50 or whatever, maybe 60 hours a week is to lie to your clients about how many hours you're billing. All right, that's why we don't do hourly billing here. Um, so in order to stop selling time, you have some options to think about. And these are different ways that you can approach charging more and structuring your business that's going to allow you to get more leverage and charge way, way, way more than you ever could with an hourly rate. Okay. Because we don't want to create a million dollars worth of value for our client on a 15 minute phone call and then send them an invoice for a 15 minute call. Right. We're not doing that. Here are some options. Number one, if you're in the hourly billing cycle, what you could do right off the bat is you can switch to a fixed deliverable. Okay. And what this essentially means is that instead of selling your time, you are selling a outcome and it could be something like, you know, 10 videos, right? This is just the basics. This is at a bare minimum. You should be switching from hours to outcomes or deliverables. And if you do nothing else, start there. It's going to allow you to charge much more money. And if you're good at your job, you should be able to make more money per hour because there is not that false incentive that the best way for you to become more profitable is to just bill out more hours to do a project that shouldn't take you that long because you're good at your job. All right, second option instead of selling time is performance pricing. You've probably seen this before. A lot of sales teams, for instance, are on performance pricing. The way that that works is you sell your performance as a percentage of value created, which nine times out of 10 is going to be a percentage of revenue generated for your clients. So you say, hey, listen, you know, I work on performance base, which means that for the value that I create for your business in exchange, I take a percentage. So in that phone call example, I might say, I'm going to get on this phone call and you know, my performance pricing is 10%. Okay. So you're going to pay me a hundred thousand dollars for a 15 minute phone call because I created a million dollars worth of value for your business. It's another good one. Same idea. Get out of stop selling time. Down the rabbit hole, we would next go into productizing a service, uh, which is very popular right now. And I've been having a lot of conversations on the most effective and efficient ways to do this. Um, but I'll just rattle off some options to think about. Number one is fixed deliverables like we just talked about, but per month. Um, generally, if you're doing a productized service, it behooves you, you benefit from offering something on a recurring basis. Otherwise, it's essentially just a fixed deliverable. So that might look like fixed deliverables per month. So, you know, 10 videos per month, for instance, would be an example. Next one, which is the most popular option that I see. And the more I experience it and have conversations with people about it, I'm really not in love with the subscription business model. Okay, the pioneer of this if you're on Twitter, is this business called DesignJoy. I think you can check out their website at designjoy.co. This dude has been insanely successful with this business. Um, but the reason that he is so successful is he has a huge audience online. Um, and that does all the marketing for him. And otherwise, the real downside to a productized service is that you are not really able to offer expertise. It's a pretty, there are caveats to all of this. I'm just speaking in generalities here. Um, 
essentially how this works is you set up like a Trello board, your client pays you a couple thousand dollars or $5,000 a month for quote unquote unlimited design, which really means one request at a time. They put a bunch of requests into a list in a board somewhere. You fulfill them one at a time and it is essentially glorified and more streamlined um, order taking. You know, it's like kind of being a fractional employee for a bunch of companies. And it's less about being a, an expert um, and more about just delivering um, highly efficient productized services. I'll talk more about this at a later date. Um, we've been having a lot of conversations in kind of my new my new group um, about this and how to bridge the gap between the final option that I wanted to talk about, which is a retainer, which is selling your availability and your expertise and reserving your availability, um, which I think is the best model. But I believe there is some kind of hybrid, which in, combines the benefits of subscription with the benefits of retainer, where you can still consult and provide value that way. Um, cause I know for me, like, with my agency, the clients really paid for the strategy. And that was the most valuable thing that we provided. And all of the design and execution on the strategy were kind of just like the icing on the cake. Or maybe it was just the table stakes, really. Like, of course, yes, you should be able to make the videos for us and the website and the graphics and the branding and all that. Yes, of course, that's the, that's the bare minimum. But in order to charge a ton of money, like our minimum rate was $60,000, you need to provide tangible business value outside of that, which more often than not is sharing um, kind of consulting, strategy, expertise stuff. All right, last one is, I'm not even gonna talk about it. Okay, so lesson here, number one, for stopping to raise your prices, stop selling time, okay? Selling time is fundamentally will cap your ability to scale by increasing prices because you're going to set an artificial limit on the maximum amount that you can charge because whatever your prices are, you have to multiply it by time, the amount of hours worked. So we're gonna stop that. Next thing I wanna talk about, okay? Like I said earlier on in the episode, most people have two problems. Either they are not creating enough value or they are not good at communicating the value. One of the things that I have learned and that I continue to learn over and over again when it comes to answering this question of how do I charge more money? For most of you, most people listening to this, your biggest issue is you need to get better at saying big numbers. You have probably never gone out and tried to even say the price that you are worth. I say that with very, very high certainty that most of you have never said once the price that you are worth and the price that your ideal client is willing to pay. And the sad truth, I don't know if it is the sad truth actually, the truth is that the people who get paid the most are the ones who ask for it. And if you, never put yourself out there and say the price that reflects your actual value, I guarantee 100% money back refund, you will never get what you're worth if you never say it. You have to say it. And 
there are a lot of ways that you can get better at saying big numbers. Um, we talk about this actually a lot and how to work less. And I give you a bunch of strategies. One strategy that I will give you now um, that you can apply, and I'll call this a little free bonus here, um, is, well, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. The people who get paid the most are the ones who ask for it. The number one reason that people do not ask for money comes from a fear of hearing the word no and not being able to have difficult conversations. And this goes into just psychology. It goes into getting more confident, communicating your value. It gets into sales. Many things that are beyond the scope of the core point of this episode, which is that you need to charge more. Um, but I'll dive deeper into that stuff at a later date. Bottom line is, if you want to charge what you are worth, you are going to hear no. The sooner you understand that and you're willing to accept that, the better things will get. Because the alternative, which I know some of you listening right now are in this boat, where basically everyone says yes to you. More often than not, you get on a call and the client says yes. That means you're not charging enough. You're going to hear no occasionally, but not nearly as often as you'd think. So if you want to start experimenting with this, and I could spend the whole rest of the episode talking about all the different strategies we have for getting better at saying these big numbers, but I'll just give you one right now. Um, I call this the FU price. And maybe you've heard this before, but it has really served me well. One of the problems is because we never test the upper limit, and I'm guilty of this too, like all, all this information is from my failures and experiments and lessons learned the hard way for my business. So like, don't think I'm just preaching at you. Um, I've screwed all this stuff up. I've been doing this for over a decade. So one of the ways that I learned, because I felt really uncomfortable about like saying high prices and, and hearing no, is I learned the FU price. And what this is, is it's kind of a safe way to test the waters on what is acceptable for pricing in a way where you don't feel like you're going to lose out on money if someone says no. And the way that you implement the FU price is every once in a while we get a client that you're just like, I know they're going to be a pain in the ass to work with. I know they're going to be difficult. Um, they're already red flags. They're not a perfect fit. A million different reasons, right? Um, we've all been there. What you're going to do is you're going to give them what I call the FU price. And the FU price is the price that is so high that you would be ecstatic to pick up the phone for this client or this customer, even though you normally wouldn't want to deal with them. And for me, that means a price that is two to three times your normal rate. And more often than not, right, we think no one would ever pay two to three times my normal rate. Yeah, a lot of people will. So test out the FU price. What you're going to find is that 50% plus of the time, people will accept your FU price and it is going to break your brain open and you're going to realize that you've been vastly undercharging the whole time, even with some of your best clients. And 
I like the FU price because it is just this exploratory like little search vessel where we feel like we can go out and test something without feeling like there's going to be a loss. Because if they say no, you're like, great, I didn't want to work with them anyway. So test that out sometime. Try out the FU price if you're scared. But if you want to really get into it, just start saying big numbers. Okay. This is one that I like and is only going to resonate with some of you. It's only going to be valid for some of you. But if you are a one-person business or a solo business or a freelancer, I would highly encourage you to position yourself as a business instead of a person. And there's a lot of debate about this, but my opinion is that positioning yourself as a business will allow you to command higher prices and to not be pigeonholed into this like position of, oh, this is just some freelancer that I work with that's essentially just contract labor, or this is just, you know, uh, the designer, you know, and we pay him by the hour and pay her by the hour. Um, it's really important. Unfortunately, for better or for worse, the term freelancer implies commodity pricing. And whether you are a single person or a team behind you or you and contractors, no matter what, positioning yourself as a business is extremely, extremely helpful for charging higher rates. What you may or may not know is that agencies doing the exact same work that you do as a freelancer regularly charge two to five times the rates for the same work. So when we talk about how can we charge more money, positioning is so important, right? Freelancer implies commodity pricing. Businesses, people expect, I'm not saying it's fair, I'm not saying it's right. People expect that if you position yourself as a business, they're going to pay more, right? There's just perceived value with hiring a business as opposed to hiring a person. And the day you stop calling yourself a freelancer is the day you double your rates. Highly recommend you do this. I've encouraged a lot of people to do it. They've seen awesome results with it. It's a big shift that I've made, um, you know, a long time back, switching to being Richard Media Company. Um, and when you hire Richard Media Company, sure, like you're hiring me um, plus my team of contractors and freelancers, but it's positioned as a business. It's not just I'm hiring Rich, the freelancer who I can bill by the hour and I treat him like he's one of my employees. Okay. You get a lot more leverage that way. Next one. Some of you may be in the unfortunate situation and I don't think this is many of you don't automatically assume that this is you. Um, especially if you haven't tested charging higher prices, the first thing to do is to test charging higher prices. And if you're getting yeses down the line, your problem is you're not charging enough and you're not communicating it clearly. If you are getting no's, it means you have the wrong clients or it means you are not providing enough value. All right. And one of the ways that you can charge more money is to increase the value of what you sell. And some of you are just not making, creating enough value right now, period. That is a natural part of the process. You know, there's no universe where if you looked at Rich in 2020, wait, 2000, I don't know. Well, let's say 2015, I would not have been able to command the same prices that I charge now because I wasn't creating as much value as I am now. Um, but I still wasn't charging enough. So 
long term, the thread through all of this is we always need to be thinking about if the goal is to scale by increasing price, not getting more customers, we must increase our value at all times. Like that is the fundamental goal when we think about self-improvement, self-development, business development. When you run with the other model, which is scale by getting more customers, a lot of times people let this lapse and they say, my big lever for making more money is more customers. I'm not going to increase the quality because I'm not going to increase the price. And as a result, they just get worse and worse over time, right? Increase the value of what you sell. High prices means high quality, okay? We want to be providing minimum two times the value of what you're charging. But honestly, you should be aiming for 10 times the value of what you're charging. So in all of this, as you think about this over and over again, how can I create better results for my clients? How can I create higher quality, better experience? Just all the things that make people enjoy working with you. How can you continue to make that better over time and create more results for them? Because the beauty of this is that long-term, your higher prices allow you to deliver results. A simple example would be, let's say I'm charging high prices versus low prices for, I don't know, a branding project or something, you know, and the two different prices are, high prices are $50,000 for a branding project and low is five, I don't know, we'll get really low, 500 bucks, right? So when I charge 50K for a branding project, a lot of things happen. What happens are I can provide better customer service, right? I could fly out to the client and meet with them in person. I could um, hire the best designers in the world. You know, when I have a $50,000 budget, I can make sure that my client gets the best results possible. I can provide much, much more impact. I can dive deeper. I can do more research. We could do focus groups, right? Like the more money you charge, the better value you can create. But when someone, you charge only $500 for a branding project, you're, you have your hands tied behind your back because all you have is your brain. <laughs> it's not, there's not going to be much delegation going on for a $500 logo. There's not going to be any re like detailed research. All you have is like, however good you are right now is the value that you're going to create. But the higher you charge, the better results that you can provide for your clients. Something to think about. And complementary with that is I alluded to this earlier in the episode the power of increasing value for your clients by stacking complementary skills. Something that you've probably heard me discuss here before, uh, but it has been one of the biggest unlocks for me over time and how I've been able to see exponential results in my ability to charge higher prices is continuing to learn and master valuable skills that complement my existing one. So if you're early on right now, more likely than not, you have one core skill, maybe two. So you might be a designer with an area of expertise. You might be a video editor. Um, you might be a copywriter. You have your fundamental core skill. You may be your programmer. And the way that you scale and charge more money is you need to surround that core skill with complementary skills. Examples are sales, marketing, um, you know, 
public speaking, um, writing content, um, copywriting, if you're like a designer or something like that. There are a bunch of different examples. And the more skills that you stack, the greater value you can create, right? Because your ability to solve problems is significantly higher and the higher price you are able to charge. So yeah, let me, I actually have a list here of ones that I would focus on. These are my skills worth stacking. Copywriting, social media, sales. I think sales is probably honestly at the top of the list. Design, development, public speaking, marketing, productivity, and finance. Those are kind of the core ones. Some of them overlap with actual core skills, but like, let's say you're, um, I don't know, a social media manager or something, you would benefit from copywriting or you would benefit from design, okay? And sales, something like that, right? There's just like a constellation of skills that you need to pick up. The more you stack, the greater value you can create. The more unique you are, the harder it is to replace you, the higher price you can charge. Quick plug, if you're interested in massively leveling up and stacking some very, very valuable skills, including productivity, okay, sales, um, business design, finance, all the things that we teach, building systems, setting boundaries, all the things we teach in How to Work Less, I would encourage you to join us for our sixth cohort on January 8th, learn.howtoworkless.com. Hmm. Okay, stacking skills. Here's another thing you need to know. There is no ceiling to price, period. Whatever price you think is so high that no one could ever, 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 ever go higher, there's always someone charging more than whatever you think it is. I have learned this lesson the hard way. When my company's minimum rate was $60,000, there were people charging five times, 10 times, probably even more than that. I can't even fathom what some of the highest paid design agencies are charging because there is no ceiling on price. 0% of you are in any danger of charging too much money long-term, right? You might need the value to catch up with you, but it's usually not the problem. And uh, I know this firsthand. I have had many conversations over my career, both with the, the agency and with the education business, where I have felt extremely stupid after having a conversation with someone who's farther along than me and them telling me what they were charging for the exact same thing that I was doing. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Got it. <laughs> okay, it's just part of the process. But just remember, as a fundamental posture, you are not charging enough and that's really, really key. All right. So last thing that I'll leave you with, and hopefully this is really, really valuable, um, is that the way that you should be thinking about this is raise your prices every new project and client that you take on. We should assume that with each new project that we do, our value is increasing just based on the experience that we have. And a lot of times people want to charge more. They believe everything that I'm saying them, but they're just terrified to take the leap and they don't want to say big numbers and they're scared. What if people say no? Start with this. Make a deal with yourself. I will raise my prices every new project and client forever. Okay, I made this rule with myself, with my agency, and it was very, very helpful. 
And it just gives you that incentive that like there will never be, the old price is never available again. It also gives you a nice little bargaining chip that you can feel is truthful on a sales call where you're like, the price will never be lower than it is today. Okay, it is only going up from here because our prices go up, right? And that's truthful. You get better at what you do and you charge more because you create more value. All right, to sum all this up and what I want for you and what I believe everyone is capable of doing is you should be charging more. If you want to scale your business, generally speaking, the best way to do it with the most leverage is to scale by increasing price and increasing value. I just gave you a bunch of ways to charge more, how to approach it, how to think about it. And now you just need to take action on it. So the first fundamental understanding is you should be approaching your business from scale by increasing price instead of scale by increasing customers. Unless you have a very specific goal for your business where you want a ton a ton of customers and the way that you're going to grow your business is by getting a bunch of them and spending zero time in fulfillment if you can do that god bless you for everyone else you want to scale by increasing price it is the most leveraged efficient way to do it now if you want to scale your business the slow way <laughs> which i have definitely done i've taken the slow lane for this for a while then you're going to want to be cheap and do all the work yourself and then eventually you will hit a bottleneck and maybe if we're lucky, we will come together and we can fix that um, in how to work less or you'll listen to this podcast again and you'll fix it on your own. So that is the key lesson here. Leverage equals how much you get for each hour that you work. Number one way to move the needle and create more leverage is your price. All right. I think I'm going to leave it there. This was a fun one. Obviously, it's something I'm extremely, extremely passionate about because I see it as being such a valuable asset that people are just scared to really go all in on. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I mentioned, three weeks until How to Work Less Cohort 6 starts. If you are digesting these episodes and you're downloading them and you're like, I'm really resonating with this, do yourself a favor. Learn.howtoworkless.com. Sign up right now. Early enrollment is open. Enter your email in there. If you have any issues with getting signed up, just reply to that email or send us a message, info at howtoworkless.com. We will get you set up. Um, January is such a good time to take the course. People are always so fired up. We already have a ton of people signed up, plus returning students from past cohorts. It's going to be really fun. So I'll leave it there. I'll be back next week. Perhaps next week we will cover the second best way to get leverage in your business, which is fulfillment. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Anyway, it's been real. Hope you have a great holiday season if you're taking time off and we will meet again soon.